0: You're listening to the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Podcast. Hey guys, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brown and Bridge Beers. Uh, i like to welcome everybody because this is our first in-person podcast in a while. In a very long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, we get to use the board again. We get to sit in front of mics. So I get to look at people instead of looking at my computer screen like I do all day. And uh, I appreciate that. So. We are, uh, luckily down on the rush river right now. Uh, just got down with a little fishing and, um, you know, Matt's here Hello, and we have our new friend Mark here, uh, with us to talk a little bit about what they're doing down at the rush river and, uh, give us a little bit of information on what you can look forward to on, uh, coming down doing some events, doing some classes. And maybe you need to talk your boss or directors into bringing more of a corporate retreat or a, a company retreat out to uh, your property. So, Mark, why don't you do a little intro of uh, who you are, what you are, and why, we're, why are we here today? Cool. Um,
1: well, thanks uh, for having me. Uh, you know, we uh, envisioned our school, Margo and Lola. Uh, A number of years back, my wife and I, to uh, recognize that there's a lot of people like us that are interested in adventure-based experiences. And um, insofar as those adventure-based experiences go, they widely range, but we figured we'd stick with something we know. And um, being that I've been a a long-term fly fisher person for well over 50 years, we kind of have a sense for that. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife has got uh, a good deal of experience in kind of high-touch experiences, and so we thought we would merge those two thoughts. And, you know, it's interesting when you step out of kind of the uh, arena of fly fishing and uh, try to think about it from a business point of view, uh, it takes on a whole different perspective. And so we were uh, initially mindful of the fact that whatever we did had to involve kind of a a high-touch sort of boutique experience. Um, we weren't really interested as the uh, school goes to uh, being big. We just wanted to be relevant. And of course, we wanted to be a place where people could go and and try stuff. Um, So that was kind of the early genesis of Margo and Lola. And uh, as we uh, thought about how we would do that and go about it, we were fortunate to find some really excellent property here on the Rush River. Uh, not too far uh, down the road from Vino in the Valley for those uh, listeners who know this uh, area. And so we uh, seized the moment as they say, and uh, we bought a piece of property that uh, was probably uh, a year or two beyond what our, our ideas were for the business, but we did that. And of course <laughs> we did it in the middle of COVID, which uh kind of course, sucked in so far as the availability of, um, uh, uh, people to work on things like contractors and, and building materials and what have you, um, but surprisingly, we got through all of that, and um, that's where we uh, built this building that you guys are sitting in today. And it's a very nice building. Yeah, thank you. We uh, we did that, and uh, we also again put it on some pretty awesome property that has got a fair amount of good fishing uh, and um, good access to the river from a beginner standpoint
0: and uh i can say uh firsthand that speaking of good stretches of wh- river based on the weather conditions that we've had today which are bluebird skies uh north north winds lots, uh lots of wind all birds of the 20s and not super warm we're still able still able to pull out some pretty chunky fish mm-hmm. from nymph rigs to streamers i saw a couple of risers i mean it's a it's an absolutely beautiful stretch of river that If you've ever been down here, um, you, you may have touched the water before, but this place gives you really good access with great walking trails and just a beautiful spot to hang out and be able to, uh, go check out the river at your leisure.
2: Yeah. And you're offering classes, right? Mark.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, so the, the basic idea, um, has always been around, uh, being more inviting for beginners Mm -hmm. And uh, if you think about that, uh, there's a lot of people never even been in a river before. So we had to kind of step back ourselves and ask ourselves, what would that uh, mean and what would that experience look like? So our focus is on first time uh, fly fisher people, uh, men and women alike, um, especially towards the uh, female demographic, because that's a largely untapped opportunity as far as the industry goes. And so little things like having uh, a shower facility and having lockers and having uh, heated floors and and having um, a comfortable area to be in um, beat a lot of the other options that beginners uh, had to consider or could consider. So uh, we have beginner classes. We have um, to, uh, classes, uh, format wise, we have private classes and public classes and, uh, to make all of that happen. we've got some really awesome, uh, instructors that have kind of their head and heart connected to, um, giving, uh, good instruction to beginners, uh, especially ones that again, has, have never touched a rod, never been in the water before. Right. And, uh, haven't even, uh, maybe even, uh, seen a fish other than maybe in a picture. So. Yeah, we've, uh, we've been focusing on that uh, as our initial uh, offering. And then as, uh, as Grant alluded to earlier, we're uh, also uh, very mindful of that kind of corporate audience that um, has essentially uh, tapped out on the axe throwing or the otherwise other options for uh, small group dynamics getting together for Offsite retreats or team building mm-hmm. as they uh, as they go, and so we offer a venue for that. Um, so those are our kind of two primary our
0: ideas. And with uh, you know you had mentioned you have a, a group of instructors here um, on location that will come out and work with groups. Who do you have for instructors that are working, uh, you know, specifically with your team here?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we're, thank you for that question. We've got, um, a good roster of instructors, uh, comprised of four women, four men. I say that because we have a mixed uh, audience in terms of who wants to show up and, and learn, and not everybody necessarily wants to be, uh, instructed by a particular individual. So we give them choices. Um, I'll put out a couple of different names for the audience, uh, that might, uh, be, in the industry, uh, we've got Corey uh, Berrigan, who's a uh, accomplished uh, fly fishing uh, woman. Uh, Marlene Huston, who is a uh, world-class instructor. Uh, we've got Abigail Kreider. Uh, those are just some of the three uh, women that we've got examples of instructors around. Uh, we've got other uh, gentlemen such as myself. So I'm uh, one of the instructors um, but uh, we have Jeff Donigan, who's an Alaskan fisherman, has been doing that for quite a while, and also fished the Driftless uh, for a considerable period of his life. And then uh, Josh and um, um, boy, I'm drawing a blank now on the other uh, gentleman for life of me. Um, but point of it is, is we got a mix of instructors, and uh, we hope that those match well with the different kinds of uh, classes that we have. So far, we've got. Um, a number of classes that are already enrolled and classes that we've conducted. And it's interesting that uh, on occasion we see a mix and match is kind of a requirement. So uh, we think we're uncommon in so far as offering different instructor um, kind of options. Uh, it's just not a one size fits all. Right. And so that's uh, one of the ways that we distinguish ourselves.
2: So if somebody was to sign up for a Beginner fly fishing class, do they pick the individual instructor they would like to learn from or is that, you know, determined by you guys?
1: Yeah, it's really uh, up to the, uh, the student. So right. um, students get a choice and then based on their choice or no choice, um, they uh, then enroll in a class. And then um, as we talked earlier um, the class is comprised of a very structured approach. So we have a um, kind of an outcomes focus towards our classes. We want to be relevant to our, our students coming in and we want to match them with instructors that would meet those requirements. But in either case, uh, we focus on what is the, the interest of the, the student. So when we uh, get started, we typically have a, a 90 day or 90 minute program. And that program is very much a classroom setting. So if uh, you in the audience can imagine a, um, a classroom uh, environment with a audiovisual capability, we go through a 90-minute a kind of a combination of hands-on and theory just to ground the uh, students in what they're going to experience. And then we uh, step outside and we spend about 30 minutes kind of giving the general physics of uh, fly rod, which end to hold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep and uh, learning how to uh, cast a fly rod um, in order to get the basics kind of understood. And then uh, once everybody's uh, good and ready, we step into the water. And uh, at that point we spend upwards to uh, three hours going through a uh, really hands-on kind of accumulation of the first two pieces. Um, we spend time in the water going through a variety of stations as we call them. So. Again, for your audience to maybe envision, uh, particularly beginners, uh, we have kind of a golf course uh, arrangement of sorts where we have uh, 12 different stations or 12 different holes. And uh, we liken those to the different things that they've been taught prior so that they can associate those uh, theoretical things to the uh, practical things and, and ideally catching some fish as we did
2: today. Yeah. And when we got here this morning, um, Mark kind of ran us through a typical day, you know, obviously a little, you know, abbreviated, but um, the, like we had talked earlier, the, the fact that you, what you learn in the classroom um, in the beginning of your time here, within an hour, you're applying that knowledge. You just got, you know, onto the river, which is, you know, as far as I'm concerned extremely helpful
0: yeah i mean it's definitely completely different than um again not knocking any of the like you know courses or learnings that you can do in the twin cities but if you come out here which it's an hour i live in blaine it's an hour and 23 minutes from my doorstep you can come out here and immediately put those learnings on the river instead of going home maybe waiting a couple days Mm -hmm. then meeting up with the group and going out you know going on the water whereas you're you're not forgetting, you're not going home and doing your home stuff and doing dinner and forgetting most of it. You're, you're on site and learning and putting it directly into use, which is not anything I've seen, at least um, yeah. in our area, uh, you know, regards to fly
2: fishing. Yeah, it's a great way to yeah. learn.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that was the, the basis for
1: why we decided to do what we did is that there's a kind of a practical application of learning that uh, was missing, not just in the, the general area, but I think the, the industry at, at large, um, there's a lot of parts and pieces, Grant, as you mentioned, that uh, could come together, um, but they're not always in the same sort of time frame, And uh, that tends to pace uh, people's interests um, and also their ability to uh, learn. So we thought that we would put it all together. And so that's back to the kind of first question around what is it we do is we offer that kind of integrated uh, class to give a full experience. And then um, the takeaway is you like it or you don't. And if you do, uh, we have other things that we could offer or then we can certainly encourage um, going other places. Grant, as you mentioned, to take advantage of the rest of the industry, right? Because there's a lot of resources out there. Uh, But we think we fill a pretty interesting niche. And that is being a really, really good place to uh, start out as a beginner. Uh, Although we've had uh, certain people that have had uh, come through our classes that have had a chance to uh, try it before, uh, but may have forgotten certain pieces or maybe never knew at one point what those were. Right, right. Um, and so we get a chance to kind of integrate all that back and, and uh, give them more of a, a perspective on it. Um, it's surprising to me uh, how much is involved, um, but it's uh, more surprising to see how much can be absorbed by a student, a first-time student, uh, in a period of uh, five hours or even less. Mm-hmm.
2: Is, that, is that typical length of time for a class is five hours, roughly? <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know, we, we've decided earlier on that we were going to be comprehensive. And uh, so we, we discussed um, we being the instructors that I referred to earlier, we decided that we wanted to be uh, kind of a complete um, Mm -hmm. picture. Mm -hmm. And as we broke it down to its kind of basic uh, elements, it was pretty hard to escape anything less than five hours. Right, Um, Whether it's four hours or six hours, we've had, Students that um, decide that they want to uh, call it a day shorter uh, and others that want to stay longer. And we're pretty flexible around that. But we think that's a good recipe for now. And we're going to stick with that.
2: Good. And you guys, like, so there's no confusion. You're not really a guide service. You're more of an instructor-based school type. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there there are plenty of awesome guides out there and, and the way I would distinguish it is that a guide knows where to go. Uh and oftentimes and and I've used plenty of guides myself uh, oftentimes can offer some uh tips and some learning to uh being a better fisher person. Um but we start more basic than that. Right. right? We start at, start at the level of what is a reel and what is a rod, and what is a knot and what kind of fish are out there and what is the idea of entomology and, and some really, really low level kinds of things mm-hmm. that guides may assume or may require in order for you to take advantage of a guide. So I think somewhere between retail and uh, a guide is where our school fits. And I am intrigued by your question um, because I hadn't really thought about it that way until now, but I think that we fill that void that kind of actualizes or enables the industry from a beginner standpoint. Right. Um, I, I shared with you guys both while we were fishing and earlier that we're often found in a position of giving advice after the fact as to what kind of equipment should you use and where can I buy it and and so it's interesting to think about that which kind of completes the cycle around how we can uh, support our local retail shops. Uh, which we're excited to do that. And then also to your question around, um, you know, pushing uh, our beginners now, maybe intermediaries to other places like guides, you know, in the area or outside of the
0: area as well. Good. Yeah. And I think a big, big piece of that, like we've talked about a few times, is you're, you're not directly tied to a specific shop. Right. It's, you know, if somebody needs something, you can push them to maybe whichever one's close, whichever one's closer to where they live, or maybe this shop has what they're looking for. Because I mean, there's plenty of shops in the area that all carry kind of different, Mm -hmm. different products. And you're able to just kind of pass that around instead of saying, I'm strictly this shop or I'm strictly this brand. Right. Where you guys kind of are able at this point to spread yourselves out, which is I think good for beginning fly fishermen. Cause you're like, Oh, if I go there, I'm only going to get pushed this way. No, you're going to push them in whatever best suited to their needs at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I, I appreciate you bringing that uh, point up because we again don't want to be in the retail business and we're not interested in guiding. Uh, we feel a, a void between the two and there are plenty of good shops around town that, um, at least from my experience, uh, offer that variety grant as you mentioned, and um, those are those are the experts in what is uh, hot or not as far as equipment goes. Uh, I have bias, <laughs> as we all do. We of all course. do, yep. yeah. Um, but to the degree that you know, we're we're uh, catering to a very open mind, kind of an open canvas audience, right? And uh, want to give them the benefit of
0: the expertise uh, where it lies. That's great. So, I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I kind of want to circle back to. Okay, I'm i I've never fly fished before. I've I'm signing up for a class. What does my day timeline look like once I arrive on ground?
2: Yeah, good question. What time do they have to be here? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> as soon
2: depends on depends on the
0: season, right? Because yeah. this morning I would have not gotten here in. Any earlier than 10 o'clock. Oh. No, it's
2: kind of breezy. Yeah. Um,
0: well, in, in general, then let's talk about okay.
1: generalities. Um, so you talked about the fact that we've got two, we've got five hour uh, programs. Typically, if you look at our reservation system and our our website, you'll see that those programs start at eight o'clock and uh, one o'clock. And so what we like to think is uh, weather permitting and uh, otherwise Um, our guests would show up a little beforehand to get uh, acquainted with the facility that we have. Um, Again, if you can imagine, or maybe you've looked on our website, uh, we have a fairly uh, comfortable uh, area to uh, get kind of situated, get your uh, stuff hung up, um, get some coffee or sandwiches it May. Um, And then if you're in a private class, of course, you're with your people. And if you're in a public class, you might be joined by others. Um, but we have a classroom setting and we like to uh, make some just general introductions. We like to get a sense for what it is that you're uh, interested in learning today besides the art of fly fishing. Um, We have uh, made it a promise to our guests that we are here to uncomplicate that experience. So we talk in very um, plain language. We try not to I use a lot of uh, clever words or fly fishing lingo that right. three of us might have yeah. <laughs> on the river. Uh, some of it's appropriate, some of it's inappropriate, but um, we like to keep it to uh, the understandable level. And as I mentioned earlier, we go through a very structured format. Uh, we have a, uh, a class uh, curriculum that we have developed with eight uh, instructors in mind. Uh having about 300 years of a total experience. So we think we have a pretty good idea of what is the, the basics of uh, fly fishing. And we review that and we go through a very hands-on kind of approach, whether it be knot tying or touching of a, a fly or touching of a net or holding up a waiter, you know, some really simple things, uh, pointing out what end of the rod to hold, as I kind of jokingly said earlier. But we go through some very simple things to get, the sure. uh, students grounded. And then uh, once we're pretty clear on all of that, we talk uh, also about safety. Um, I should point that out because it is an important aspect to uh, fly fishing. There's uh, uh, some kind of uh, basic elements of that. There's uh, the person's safety, the fisherman's safety, which includes things of uh, uh, like wading across the river uh, appropriately. Um, there's casting. We don't want to get anybody uh, injured in the process of that. There's also fish safety. And so to the degree that we have um, a program uh, touching on that as well. And then uh, we're ready to step outside. And uh, to your question, uh, oftentimes people don't uh, have any experience in putting on waders. And so, again, in a real simple terms, we get some waiters on, we get some boots on, we get everybody situated and comfortable. And I'm sometimes asked whether or not, uh, you know, you look good in waiters. The answer is probably not. <laughs> nobody does. No, nobody usually does. But, uh, now, we,
2: do you guys not to interrupt, but do you yeah. guys provide waiters or oh, is that something people need to bring on? Their yeah. Own?
1: Great question. So, um, our motto besides uncomplicating things is to effectively say that you bring you. So, okay. Our business, uh, our pricing is inclusive of everything except the license and a trout stamp. Okay. And uh, provided you bring those, and if you don't, then we can get those for you. That's, uh, no, those are the rules. Um, then we uh, provide everything. And in advance of the uh, registration for the class, we check on waiter sizes. Not everybody's built the same way. And so we have uh, a wide variety of waiters. Uh, and sizes and so forth to uh, fit all of our students and if we don't then we have to run out and go get some real <laughs> fast
0: well and and i'll Mark say will this take care of you. yeah if, if you're on your way here and you're like oh no i forgot my license you've got a few options if you left the cities and you're on your way here you can stop at fleet farm in the hudson area or you can go to Lund's fly shop in river falls, river falls. They also sell license. I was there, I was there this morning. And some old old Tyrant got it. He was trying to get his third turkey tag. And Brian's like, No, we don't sell sell them till 10. He's like, No, I'm pretty sure you can sell them at 9 a.m. actually after midnight. And Brian's like, No. So needless to say, if you got my license, you, you can you've got a couple options to hit on your way down here
2: and everybody's got a smartphone now and so you, you can, can do, do it, it from it. your smartphone. Yeah. Well,
0: go, go get a go wild card from Wisconsin because that's the best <laughs> way to hold the license. Amen.
1: Yeah. And, and the good news is we have a printer and we have this thing called the internet. Perfect. <laughs> and, uh, we are able to um, uh, do last minute licenses. And as I recall, and maybe you guys can confer or not, but I think there's a, a paper version that you need. Uh, in Wisconsin, as well as a digital version. Uh, but we have those capabilities here. And so uh, we hope that people pay attention to getting their licenses in advance. Yep. Um, but once that's uh, the case, then we're off to the river. And, uh, you know, it's uh, at that point, uh, a matter of going through our various uh, stations that we have in the, uh, the river. I mentioned uh, each one of these stations, think of a golf course. Uh, for those of you who play golf, they set up a little differently. They're a little bit different of an experience, but they all relate back to this uh, earlier class kind of setting so that we can um, tie those pieces together and to help the, uh, the student understand why they're doing things right. as much as what they're doing. And I think that's where, again, the notion of where we fit between retail and uh, professional guides, uh, is somewhat of an open uh, open area for us to address?
2: Yeah, I mean, like we talked, you you spend the morning learning about or after early afternoon, the first part of your class learning what a riffle is. And then an hour later, you're standing in a riffle and you know it, it just clicks in your head like, okay, this is what a riffle is. I'm standing in one right now. Yeah, I'm fishing in there. And I'm catching fish,
1: right. And, you know, and, I, I learned and,
2: about this an hour ago.
1: And, and a riffle is not to be confused with like some other things that we could imagine <laughs> that they would uh, they would be. But you're right. Yeah. Um, and so some of that lingo that is important, particularly when it comes to describing how the river's behaving, mm-hmm. right, or how a fish is uh, behaving, or some of the equipment that we're using uh, becomes important. And so I think, yeah. like with any other sort of skill, you get to understand what those shorthands are for that so
2: yeah. exactly
0: yep i i would like to point this out the, what i found about uh today you know fishing with mark what, what i felt is very ex- interesting is matt and i have fished no joke this stretch of river a lot you know over the last seven or eight years but your intimacy with this point of water was pointing out places where I would have never stopped fish before Mm -hmm. and we're stopping and fishing. We're pulling fish out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that's what I'd like to say to our listeners is even if you've been fishing for a few years and, and you think you've got the, the game dialed coming down here and getting in class with you and, and learning these different small pieces of water that you can find on the rush I learned a lot today that mm-hmm. I had never, like I said, I would have never stopped and fished a lot of those spots that we were pulling fish out today before we walked up and I pulled that bigger fish out today in my brain. I said, I've never pulled a fish out of there before <laughs> ever, never once. I was yeah. like, I would have walked right past it. And you're like, Nope, go, go try that out. Mm-hmm. And Matt, you pulled a couple out yeah. of a streamer and I pulled that nice one out on a Nymph. I'm like, Without Mark, we would have just walk right past it. So if you if you think you've got it nailed, this is
2: still a place you can come and learn more. Yeah. Some, sometimes it, it helps to relearn the basics yeah you know because you get stuck in a rut of you know like especially the, a lot of the streamer guys. I mean streamer fishermen are really good at what they do but they're not very good at much, anything else. You know, you give us a streamer, Streamer bros, (laughs) streamer, bros, (laughs) you give a streamer guy a nymph rig and you're like, go catch some fish. And you know, they, all of a sudden they're stripping back, you know, a couple of pheasant tail nymphs, but, uh, but no, I mean, and, and we all, we all learn stuff and certain ways of fishing and then we evolve or move on or, you know, move into, you know, different types of, of fly fishing because there are so many different ways that you can do this sport, but uh, you forget some of the basics of like, you know, okay, here's, here's how you roll cast. And, you know, here's why, and here's, you know, where fish live in a riffle and here's where, you know, fish live in the tail out of a pool. You know, it's, it's, it's sometimes good. I feel to like relearn some of the basics and some, something like this is a good place to, to do it.
0: Yeah. Cause like like you said, you skip over Mm -hmm. those basic fish areas. Yeah. Cause you're like, you're just thinking like, I know what a lunker structure is. And that's like all you're focusing on. But in reality, they're in those, what you would consider all over the place. They're all over. (laughs) And they're in those like basic areas that you don't even think about anymore or places that I've passed over a hundred times because the first two times I fished it I never caught a fish out of.
1: Well yeah and we are all guilty as experienced fisher uh, persons uh, of doing that, no doubt and I think it took me a while to get to that point where as you say grant, fish are everywhere. I think mathematically and and somebody in your audience is going to check my work here I'm sure but I think mathematically there's on average two fish per foot, in the rush river more or less. Um, and that's a pretty dense, uh, number, or in other words, the positive is that's a lot of fish, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think back to the broader, uh, point is we like to make sure that we convey the basics. We get an understanding of that so that people increase their chances. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it is a thrill for all of our instructors to get people on fish. I used to think that catching a fish was probably at the peak of uh, what is referred to as Maslow's triangle <laughs> and, uh, you know, getting people on a fish uh, beats that for me. And so yeah. we're trying to make it a point to do that and and, and leave no stone unturned as, as they say. But uh, the river, um, we are blessed to have a great river that has got plenty of fish in it. Uh, But moreover, I think if and and I'll turn it back to the the two of you, I think if you can learn the basics on a river like the Rush River or the Kinney or or other like rivers in the driftless area, then you could probably fish just about any river in the world.
2: I'd agree with that
1: because of the technical (laughs) aspects of it. Um, And in this case, this stretch of river is particularly interesting because it exhibits all of those parts and pieces of the puzzle that we so enjoy at least the three of us. And I presume many of your audience.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think the big part of it is, Matt and man, I've talked about this um, before is, you know, us, us in the Midwest and fishing in the driftless area, we've got these smaller streams. So it, it's easier to look and dissect these, you know, the channels and the riffles and the tail offs and all of that. Right. So, you can take all of this once you get into something bigger like the Madison or the Yellowstone or the Bighorn and stop looking at the 80 foot wide river and narrow it down to what you would That's consider right. the rush and and look at that piece of stream and say, OK, where am I going to fish? OK, it didn't work there. Move over a section mm. and then move over a section and then move over a section like you know, learning here will teach you all the big Western rivers or smaller rivers. Like you get down in Southeastern Minnesota, anything like that. If you can learn the structure here, you can fish anywhere.
2: Yeah. I Amen. Agree.
0: You know, I think one of the biggest, biggest things I ever learned from Matt was when her, him and I first started fishing together, we took a fish a fishing trip out out West with, it was the Bob Mitchell's crew that, protested mm-hmm. journey we went and that was like maybe second or third time matt ever fished together we're fishing the big horn and we're with my buddy area man mm-hmm. and him area man and i just hop in the river like six feet off the bank just like immediately <laughs> like that and matt's standing on the bank like what are you guys doing we're like well we're going to the main channel and matt's like you just stepped where all the fish are yeah You know, fishing a piece of water like this, it teaches you stay on the bank, fish that first section and work your way out instead of just immediately going out to where you think the fish are. You know, we were talking as we're walking up river today, you're like, I used to walk up here and fish would just scatter from the bank. (laughs) They're always there. Like, and these smaller rivers teach you that to, to work your way in to out. Yeah, I I have to add actually this maybe to some of your
1: audience. Um, You know, we've done where we just opened this January, uh, to be clear. And uh, we've been doing classes prior to the building being constructed. And now that the building is operational, we've had, um, I don't know, 50 students, let's say, that have gone through this uh, program so far. And I'm amazed at when we forcibly section off the river. what Matt was doing earlier today and what you commented on when you section off the river and you, you kind of concentrate on what are the basics in those areas again, using a golf analogy of kind of stay with the whole, um, how magical things start to become because you take stock in what's going on. And so for instance, whether it's an Eagle in the sky or the blue sky, you mentioned uh, earlier at the opening of the program, um, or, the structure in the river, right, or the trees overhanging you start to pay attention and uh, i 've even had <laughs> sounds a little bit corny, but i 've even had uh, uh students uh start to kind of well up and recognize that for the first time in their life, they were actually stepping back from all of the busyness, yeah right so in some odd way again, to matt 's credit. Um, to just kind of stop and take stock and section off the river is a forced behavior of sorts to have uh, students in our curriculum also take stock in what's going on mm-hmm. and maybe broader context to that, which is maybe a whole separate session. Right. right. Yeah. for Another time. Right? Yeah. I
2: mean, I mean, some of the best days of fishing, you know, the fish is the farthest thing down on the list of things that happened today. Yeah. You know, the fact that you're, you're out in nature, you're standing in a river, the sun is shining. um, In today's case, the wind was blowing. Um, (laughs) Let's let's not say that scratch that. But The 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 roosters are cackling. The sun felt warm. You look overhead, there's two eagles circling around. Um, You're hearing the water rushing past, you know, you're, you're touching the earth and, yeah, and we're catching yeah. fish.
1: Yeah, nothing, no. nothing sucks about that. No, no.
2: no. And even if, even if you don't catch fish, it, it's still a good day, you know. Yeah. Turn that cell phone off. Well,
1: and, and that brings me to maybe another point is that uh, I have uh, been approached by lots of people that are thinking about uh, starting their fly fishing career or their resume. And they'll ask, you know, well, what kind of fish should I expect to catch? And my answer is zero, yeah. Yeah. Start at zero. Right. <laughs> just start at zero because catching a fish is, you know, somewhere North of luck and South of a blessing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and uh, to, to uh, expect that you're going to do that every single time is uh, at best a fool's errand. So fishing is not catching, uh, but when you do uh, catch, uh, that's a great thing. But mm-hmm. I, again, I guess the, the point of this is that particularly for beginners, when you step into anything new, I, I want to make sure that we and the collective we at this uh, table now, but also the broader we are setting an expectation of sorts around what is it. And it's an experience unlike any when it comes to kind of absorbing all of the context of the river and the nature and, and uh, you know, the, the coffees that lead up to it and maybe the beers that follow and, and or during and, yep. and, and the, so forth. The right?
2: stories and the camaraderie and, you know, it, fly fishing for us anyways is so much more than catching fish.
0: Yeah. And, and Mark, you might notice that when Matt and I fish together, we don't fish two at a time because that's just the way that we fish we just enjoy I, I did notice that yeah it it's not typically normal as far as a lot of the people that we fish with because we just enjoy I enjoy watching Matt catch a fish and I enjoy we, forgetting to net a fish for a <laughs> bob looking at rocks in the in, in the Yellowstone park we
2: we argue as to whose turn it is to fish yeah
0: it's it. just it's uh it, it you know, in the, over the last seven, eight years, you know, the first two years for me for fly fishing was all about, can I catch a fish when I go out fishing? Well, I figured that out. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty confident I can catch a fish. After that, I just want, I want the camaraderie. I want the the joy of watching a buddy catch a fish. The or
2: brown trout and bridge
0: beers. The brown trout and bridge beers. Or, you know, I want to fish with somebody I've never fished with before, and I want to see you catch a fish. Yeah. You know, it's, that's the bigger part of what we're doing now. And it's, that's what brings me most joy about everything about fly fishing is the camaraderie. Hey, I can, you know, I can give you a fly and you can catch a fish on it. it. It's less about, I caught 38 fish today. But yeah, that's a good day, but I'd rather just hang out and have a couple hams and, uh, you know, watch the eagle soar over. Yeah. Well, I I think again back to the
1: genesis of the school and genesis of um, kind of our uh, thinking, as far as our my wife and I, in terms of building this business around an adventure based experience. um, At least millennials for sure, and probably Gen Y, maybe Gen Z, are looking to um, broaden um, how they see the world. And I'm being a bit philosophical here, but Uh, There's kind of the old saying of um, do things own you or do you own things? Mm -hmm. And the real answer is that there's a lot of us are looking for more experiences uh, than things. And to that end, we feel that in a some odd way, the Margot and Lola school is around the evangelization of experience Mm It doesn't matter if it's fly fishing, although we think fly fishing is pretty damn cool. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. You need to strike damn. We can do that. (laughs) No, we're an explicit podcast, Mark. It's fine. Um, Then I'll spare you the other words. Um, But we think that that's as important of a thing as any, because we've had uh, people say, you know, that was fun, but we're not interested. Right. To which my answer is great. You tried it. Glad you tried it. Yeah. If you're outdoors, Matt, to your point. If you're outdoors, uh, that's a big fat amen. Mm-hmm. Try something else.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I just know from my own personal life, like when I start getting down and um, stressed out, just like going outside makes all that go away. And fly fishing is my way of going outside. And, you know, there's there's a lot of power in, you know, reaching out and touching a tree you know, and having your feet on the dirt, you know, and like, like I just said, you know, fly fishing is how I do that. Some people, my wife, she really likes to hike. I, I don't get anything out of going for a walk out in, in the woods with like no end point other than looping around and coming like back. To like my are, are we hiking
0: to a fishing spot? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm good with that. Cause Ash- like-
0: Ashley does the same thing. Like, let's go hiking. I'm like, are I- we hiking to like are we is there a lake or a yeah. river somewhere yeah. that, like i'm on the same point like but everybody has their own right own their thing.
2: own their own way to connect with nature and, and like you said mark people who are curious about fly fishing or connecting with nature or what have you um if they come out and they go through the class and it's not their thing good Maybe it pushed them towards something else that's their way of. Maybe uh, they
0: fi- maybe they picked up birding, photography. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking about earlier about the prairie grasses and the prairie flowers that you guys have out there. Mm-hmm. My wife would go insane about that stuff as soon as it comes and starts blooming. And you say you've got a schedule of the different colors and things that come out. So, right, right. I mean, that's yeah. a big part of it too is, yeah, there's fly fishing, but this section down here. When in even now, I mean it's there's no snow, so that's great. Well, it's March. Yeah. Well, like bring springtime yeah. when these prairie grasses and prayer flowers start to bloom. It is it is serene, it is gorgeous. There will be bugs when, and when birds. the flocks
2: come out, it's amazing. Oh, we saw what day. those swans
0: that flew over of us yeah. today. I'm not a swan guy, I don't know which kind of swans those were. They're honking at us. Matt and I have gotten scared off the river numerous times down here from by beavers. I mean, there's Sasquatches. Well, The, the Sasquatch is a little further yeah, up. It's only a rumor I'm told, Yeah, but yeah, it, Sasquatch, it, black bear. I'm not really sure which
1: one it was. Yeah. Again, it is a bit of a, a promotional editorial. Uh, we, um, we were very fortunate after we bought the property, not before, but after we bought the property, we recognized that the prior owners had um, uh, invested in this five acres of, uh, uh, wildflower, uh, meadow. And uh, again, for your audience, who's maybe, you know, on the edge of, uh, trying fly fishing, but not really sure, uh, to your point, we've got a, uh, very nice trail system that's managed. That's agreeable to any capability. You don't have to be a, a hiker, or a mountain climber. You can just get out of the car and walk yeah. uh, if you can do that, but to appreciate the variety of things that this uh, region offers. And as we talked about earlier, the broader region of the driftless area has got a lot of geological uh, interest points and uh, you don't need to drive too far. In fact, we're 10 miles North of the um, uh, what's called the rush miss uh, Delta, which feeds into uh, Lake Pepin. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's 40 miles north of us, uh, which is more Rush River. But if you were to drive any stretch of that in other areas, you would notice that the um, the driftless term uh, relates to a lot of geological wonder. And right. uh, so that's kind of a cool thing that we have, uh, notwithstanding some of the more basic things, like we talked about the, the meadow and um, some other amenities that uh, we're not too far from. We're just down the road from a place called Vino in the Valley. And uh, who knew that there would be a vineyard right next door when we bought this
0: property with amazing
2: pizza. Yep. So you take the afternoon class with, with your significant other and then you've got a built in date night just down the road.
0: So I've got a feeling there's a few of you listening that have probably anniversaries coming up between May and September. And you're like, I would really like to fish but I know that I should probably spend time with my significant other. Good idea. Here is your option. You can go online to the Margo and Lola website, buy a gift card, take a class and then head is it a mile? Not even that probably 500 yards, 500 yards down the road, get a nice bottle of wine, a wood fire pizza mm-hmm. and sit out and look at the Rush River, enjoy a nice wine, pizza evening with your significant other while
1: you
2: fished that day. Mega bonus point.
1: Yeah. You, you say that, it's almost storybook.
0: <laughs> it, it actually is. It's unreal.
2: Say that, yeah. It's absolutely
0: yeah. unreal. That Honestly, yeah. that is how I've convinced Ash to come out here numerous times. So I was like, well, we can go fish and then we can go get a glass of wine at Vino and you can hang out and, mm-hmm. and I'm still going to be like, I wish I was fishing, but I was fishing and I'm still looking where my fish are. It just so gives,
1: you, it know, gives you privileges to do more of the same right? yeah. under the cloak of something else. Yes, yeah, so that <laughs>
2: will guarantee you fishing trips in the future. Yeah. It's,
0: yeah. it's just a great. Great spot to be. Uh, you know, like we mentioned, it's so close to the cities. It's an easy drive. And let's just promote the Ellsworth Creamery while we're at it. Because you can stop and get fresh cheese curds. We've been snacking
2: on cheese curds all day.
0: All, yeah. all day yep. cheese curds, squeaky cheese curds.
1: Yeah, my girlish figure has been totally lost as a result <laughs> of it.
2: it's, the guys, it's the cheese curds
1: showing up. Yeah.
2: So um, Argo and Lola, how'd you come up with the name?
1: Uh, that's a good question. So, um,
2: Cause I know one half of it's been running around looking yeah, for that, those cheese. That would cheese be curds. the
1: Lola, and then the Margot is the other dog. So, again, for the audience, um, we have uh, decided that it would just keep it in the uh, family, so to speak. Uh, Lola is our Weimariner, who is a puppy and uh, full of energy. And our our Wheat Terrier, who is Margot. <laughs> Uh, is more seasoned and uh, chill. So if you put chill and uh, energetic together, uh, that's somewhere in the middle. And uh, hence what we hope to uh, be is a um, a business for mm-hmm. our guests. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of energy that goes into fly fishing. As much as we've talked about kind of the uh, kind of mindset of what it is, uh, it is a physical thing. And uh, just to kind of step back a, b- a quick second, Uh, I've been reading a lot more about how uh, yoga or fly fishing, I should say, is the new yoga. Uh, And there's a great deal of uh, comments around that um, that folks can read about. But so that's the energetic side of Lola. And then the uh, Margo side of it is, of course, the uh, just kind of taking stock in life and, and chilling out. So we decided on that. And, uh, it was available as a website. So <laughs> what the heck? That's always important. a plus. Yeah, that's yep. a big plus.
2: So what was the, um, like, how do you decide one day that, Hey, let's open a fly fishing school for beginners. Like, I don't know how involved you want to get, but like, like where was this the spark that w- like one day you and your wife were sitting around going, Hey, this is a good idea.
1: Yeah, I'm going to get uh, in trouble by telling you the real truth here, but let's go for <laughs> it. Uh, you know, having been dropped as a child and done drugs in college and and been in jail for a few nights of my life, Okay, uh, there was probably some catalyst in any one of those. And at least two of those are correct, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> you know, um,
2: I you think. You got to come just, take a class to figure out which two. Exactly. That's yeah, uh,
1: that's true. That's a, that, that would be a good hook. Yeah. Um, forgive the pun. Um, you know, I think it's just been in my DNA, to, to be honest, both my wife's and I, um, she has been, as, as I have been uh, world travelers, we've enjoyed seeing different things and learning a lot about um, stuff that we have no clue about. Mm-hmm. And we've especially appreciated that through the lens of people that have the patience and kind of knowledge to help us to, uh, sort through that, whether it's an international thing or whether that's a regional thing, it doesn't matter. But, um, so that's always been on our mind and, um, I am inspired by wind in my face. Uh, if there's any drug that I would take, that's the drug
0: <laughs> we, we had
1: that today. So yeah, we got plenty stretch. of that more, more, more drug than we needed. Um, but Um, With those two things in mind, it was a uh, low bar to decide that that's what we wanted to do. And we, again, back to the point that we talked, I think, earlier, we were fortunate to find the property. This is awesome property. This is awesome location. Uh, We were uh, fortunate to find builders that were available during this COVID cloud that we've all kind of muscled through. And uh, here we
2: stand. So, Mark, um, I want to take a class. I'm new to fly fishing. How do I do it? Where do I find you? Uh,
1: well, you're just two feet away from me, so you can just ask. <laughs>
2: All right. <J>. <laughs> you're
0: well, you're going to want to take a reservation probably like with some paper trail insane. behind it. You know, <laughs> jokes aside. Uh, so
1: M-A-R-G-O-L-O-L-A dot com. Margo dot com. Um, is where you go. You can see what um, we have to offer. Again, we have uh, private classes for uh, groups that want to kind of keep it tight. And uh, those would be typically around like family members, friends or our organizations. And then we have also a, a public uh, offering whereby it uh, doesn't matter who shows up. Uh, might be just yourself or might be a group of people you don't know. But if you go into Margot. Margo, uh, Lola margo dot uh, com. you'll see that we have a reservation site and then you can sign up and it works just like any other reservation site whether it's uh, something you're familiar with like a uh, dinner reservation or mm-hmm. golf, uh, golf course reservation and then um, if you're interested in a particular instructor uh, we're happy to accommodate that and if you're not then it'll be luck of the draw but everybody's well qualified and uh, very anxious to uh, get out with uh, new students. Um, and as I uh, maybe mentioned or alluded to, uh, we do have occasionally those students that want to learn more or do more. And so we can uh, p- uh, um, put those together with uh, different instructors that have specific areas of uh, capability. So, for instance, Josh Baser mm-hmm. uh, is one of our instructors, and he's very uh, adept at spay casting. And for um, new fly fisher people, they probably don't know what that is. Uh, but for those that have uh, taken some uh, either classes or have been uh, fly fishing before, they may want to learn about spade casting right? Or, or distance casting from, say, Marlene uh, Huston, who's an expert in that, et cetera. So we can get very specific, and we're happy to do that. Um, but in the registration of it, it starts with our website.
2: Great.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll post a link in, uh, in the show notes and we'll put it in our link tree, yeah. you know, profile on Instagram. So you guys can find that. I do have a question though, like kind of wrap it all back around. What Mark, Mark to you, what excites you the most about what's happening right now at your event space? Well, I think there, I don't know if
1: it's a resurgence in fly fishing, but I think it's a moment in the industry that uh, we are going to be a part of. And that is a moment where uh, the industry could do maybe a better job at um, allowing beginners to uh, try things out. And there's been a lot of conversation uh, by uh, large uh, manufacturers, um, I think probably retailers uh, to some degree, and many guides that I've spoken to, Around, gee, wouldn't it be great if we could get uh, more people involved? And this goes a little bit against the grain of people that, uh, like ourselves, have been fly fishing for, you know, years and years, right? So what excites me about it is the opportunity to invite openly um, the chance for a uh, new, uh, new entrance to the category of fly fishing to try it out. I've been a lifelong educator Uh, I pride myself in um, inviting people to kind of rise to the occasion, pardon Mm -hmm. the pun for those of you who are uh, fly fisher persons, but to rise to that occasion and to uh, uh, get outside and get some fresh air. And
0: uh, that, uh, that gets me excited. It's good to hear. Well, uh, like I said, we're going to post a lot of the links and stuff in the show notes, Mark, Thank you again for having us out today. Thank you. Uh, so my pleasure, guys. We had Thank an absolute you. blast fishing the stretch of river. And again, to our listeners, um, you, you're looking to learn more. Maybe you listen to the podcast. You've never actually fly fished before. Uh, this is a spot to go because it is on one of our favorite stretches of river. And, right. you know, let's say you work in the corporate environment and your director's like, we're looking for a new, Team building experience. Yeah, come here. This is a great spot to do that because I know I'm going back to my director on Monday. (laughs) It's saying, no more axe throwing, no more top golf. Let's bring everybody out to Margo Lola and uh, let's go fly fishing. So, Mark, thank you again for the hospitality. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Beautiful spot. It's been a pleasure fishing with you and meeting you again and uh
2: and lola and she's, lola she's been a great host
0: and look forward to fishing again in the future thank, thank you both and and thank you audience for uh, listening to this session all right well everybody we will catch you on the next episode of brown trout bridge beers because we don't do zooms anymore no we're, we're going live going live from here on out so thank you very much we'll talk to you soon bye